All right, welcome. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. And if you have any comments on this, you can certainly call in 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. So uh, President Biden people have been saying, Mr. President, sir, you need to address the American people. They're concerned about these balloons. They want to know what's going on. And President Biden uh, addressed those today. We'll get into some specifics momentarily. Uh, But if uh, I'm kind of curious if you believe these threats or these these balloons uh, pose threats or potential threats to the United States. And uh, I I do, by the way. I'm not saying go to DEFCON 4. I'm just saying uh, I think they 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 pose a, a threat or at least a concern to us. Uh, Now, the president said, number one, we need a better inventory of what is up there in the skies over the United States. Uh, We need to basically uh, fine-tune, continue to fine-tune our radar so that we are better able to track these things, whatever they are, and whoever is sending them up, and that these balloons uh, come from a range of entities. Now, we all saw and I'm sure you've watched it many times, uh, we all saw the Chinese spy balloon being shot down uh, in a fabulous uh, bit of uh, airmanship by the United States Air Force and fighters operating out of uh, Virginia. It's really quite a magnificent display. It's not as easy as people think to take down a balloon. Um, So anyway, the uh, range of entities, range of entities is... uh, the president's explanation for who is sending up these balloons. In other words, just because you see a balloon does not mean it is a Chinese spy balloon. Actually, at 20,000 feet, I tend to doubt that that would be any kind of a spy balloon. The Chinese spy balloon was flying anywhere between 60,000 and 70,000 feet. And as we pointed out, when the Chinese uh, spy balloon was still in the air, Um, Our highest altitude military aircraft remains the U-2. We still have in the United States 30 operational U-2s. Well, that's what they say. We don't know what the actual number is or what actual truth is. You're you're never going to get the military um, or intelligence people to tell you exactly what we have or exactly how advanced it is because why would you give that information to an adversary or a potential enemy? But supposedly uh, we operate 30 U-2s and they're the only balloon that can get anywhere close to the altitude at which these uh, balloons that are designed for spying and surveillance uh, are flying. Now, um, the, 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 I said this earlier, but the, the, the thing that causes me concern immediately is the fact that all these years we've been flying without any indication that there were balloons that were flying at the same altitude as our vacation flight. Uh, that is a little bit disconcerting. However, I've never heard of an air crash being caused by a plane running into a balloon, at least not a commercial jetliner running into a balloon. And I don't think I've heard of any general aviation aircraft running into a balloon and going down. And when you're cruising along at four or 500 knots, um, you don't have a lot of reaction time to take evasive action against a balloon that, relative to your speed, is just kind of sitting there in the air. 
hopefully you've got eagle eyes, but it's a relatively small object in the sky, and you're going really fast in that jet. So you've got basically seconds to react. It's not like the Titanic where you're you seemingly would have enough time to avoid the iceberg, but the well, the atmospheric conditions that night basically made the iceberg invisible uh, because of an inversion situation, which I don't have the time or, frankly, the expertise to go into, but essentially it was almost like a reverse mirage. That would be a good way to put it. But if you will remember, and the reason I, I'm mentioning this, how many of you saw the movie about Sully, where Tom Hanks, who, uh, I mean, Tom Hanks has done a lot in his life. He's run across America. He had met President Kennedy and President Nixon. He had a box of chocolates. He liked to talk to strangers at bus stops. He liked to notice their shoes, if you remember. And uh, he liked to grow a very long beard, operated a shrimp company, took care of the family of his wartime buddy, Bubba. He also invaded Normandy, took over a town in Germany to secure a uh, bridge for the Allies in the Second World War. Tom Hanks also was a gangster after World War I, working for Paul Newman. Yeah, uh, perdition was a part of Tom Hanks's life. Not only that, but he was involved in some very interesting Da Vinci stuff at the Louvre. Tom Hanks has had a very, very full life. But anyway, the real-life story, and you remember hearing about that. Yeah, I bet you remember where you were when you saw the video for the first time of U.S. Airways Flight 1549, which took off from New York City and had a bird strike. Bird strike. Canada geese. And they were going to try to make it to a real landing field, a real airport. They didn't have time. And when you listen to the audio, Sully was just so incredibly composed, so incredibly together, and he alerted air traffic control that uh, we're going to be going down in the river. And watching the videos of that landing in the water, you can really appreciate what a magnificent, absolutely amazing skill set Sully had. And it could not have gone any better than it did when landing in the Hudson on a very cold day. We didn't lose anybody even to hypothermia. All those people on the wings, very cold water. Fortunately, there were some boats in the area that were able to uh, bring about a uh, rescue operation rather quickly. But that is one of the most amazing stories that you're ever going to experience in your life. U.S. Airways Flight 1549. And if you've ever watched the documentaries and listened to passengers on that flight, um, they were stunned that they emerged from that situation alive. And the, the, the part about that story that has always stayed with maybe you is not only did Sully put that plane down in the water as perfectly as anybody could make a water landing, before he, the captain, left that aircraft, he personally got out of the cockpit, walked the length of the aircraft, made sure that nobody was left behind anywhere on that plane. And only then did he himself climb out of that plane to await rescue. And that says, I think, everything you need to know about Sully Sullivan. Uh, and, uh, you know, the movie, haven't really seen the movie, but I've watched the documentaries, I've watched interviews with Sully, 
and what he did was just amazing. But the reason I'm bringing that up is that whole incident took place because an airliner struck a bunch of Canada geese. Bird strike. And again, when you're going that fast and you hit anything in the air, it has the ability to really ruin your day. And thank God that plane landed safely. But I'm just thinking about how many balloons do we have floating around in commercial airspace? And, I mean, 60 to 70,000 feet, you are not flying at 60 to 70,000 feet on a commercial airliner, all right? Uh, in fact, our jet fighters, we, again, talked about this during the course of watching the Chinese spy balloon. Our jet fighters have a ceiling, allegedly, of 50,000 feet. That's about as high as you're going to go in a jet fighter, allegedly. And as I mentioned earlier, the U-2 uh, is the only aircraft capable of getting above the balloon um, uh, because uh, and, and what's just amazing is that is such an old aircraft, been in service a long time. Like the B-52s, our B-52 fleet is ancient, but it is still an important part of our nuclear triad of defense in this country. We've got the ICBMs in the silos, we've got the submarines, and we've got the bombers. And we're always 24-7, 365, we always have bombers airborne, just in case. It's part of the deterrent force that we have. Nobody wants to hit you if they know that no matter what, you're going to be hit back. Of course, the only problem is who's going to send the orders and are they going to be executed? Uh, as in, are they going to be performed? Don't know. Now, the balloons themselves, in addition to the civil aviation uh, risk that I see, while also pointing out, I've never heard of an aircraft going down because of a weather balloon or any other kind of uh, balloon like that. The, the risk in the longer term, and we talked about this again at the time the Chinese balloon was still airborne, the risk of a swarm of balloons being launched at us by an adversary and a swarm of balloons with nuclear warheads, with hypersonic missiles, with the ability to generate an electromagnetic pulse, which would wipe out the electrical grid. Obviously, that's got to be a source of concern. And I don't know what our balloon capability is China claims American balloons have flown over its territory. That very well might be. The logical question is, well, China, if you saw American balloons over your territory, you're China. How come you didn't just shoot them down? Um, I wonder if they really saw American balloons over China, or maybe they just don't have the technology that we have in order to shoot them down, no matter how well advanced the People's Liberation Air Force happens to be. Hell, they stole most of their technology from American brains. Uh, that's uh, that's what they do. They're very good at copying and reverse engineering things, but all's fair in uh, love and war. But as far as the uh, dangers in the long term, you know, I, I, I'm concerned about things like that. And frankly, the detection and the shoot-down of the one object out of everything you've heard about in recent weeks, the one object that they're reasonably sure was a Chinese surveillance balloon may actually in the long run be 
a good thing because China may realize, wait a minute, we can't do this anymore because everything we send over there is is going to get shot down. The cat is out of the bag. The situation is it doesn't make sense anymore. And for every balloon they shoot down, they're going to gather intelligence on what our capabilities are. So is it worth it? They'd be doing a risk-benefit analysis. And uh, is it worth the risk of a miscalculation? You know, how does a U-2 aircraft taking high-resolution photographs absolutely 100% guarantee that a given Chinese balloon does not have hypersonic missiles, does not have somewhere within it a warhead with sufficient power to knock out our electrical grid? And that's you always run the risk of miscalculation and an accident happening. Uh, and given the stakes and given the nuclear capabilities of China and the United States, that's something that, uh, you know, frankly, I think most of us and our families could could do without. So in the long run, the shoot down of the balloon may actually prove to be a good thing in terms of deterrence and in terms of reducing the probability of some kind of a miscalculation or an accident taking place. Nonetheless, nonetheless, it does concern me because you are always going to try to develop a weapons platform that cannot be detected by your adversary. And if you remember, and I I hate to reference movies on this because it is a serious subject, but if you remember the hunt for Red October, why was it so important for Alex Baldwin to get his hand on the Soviet sub? Why was it so important for James Earl Jones to personally fly and get himself on a submarine and knock out a missile before it could do anything? It was important because the Red October submarine in the Tom Clancy novel and in the movie, which came out, Sean Connery. Everybody does a Sean Connery. It was important because... And you might remember the conversation that was had among the big shots in the military and intelligence. The concern was that it gave the Soviets first strike capability to which the United States would be unable to respond. In other words, the submarine with a silent propulsion system would be able to get past our sonar net put itself off of New York City, blow up New York City, Washington, and the rest you know, goes down the drain. That's why that was such an important mission in the novel and the movie. It all dealt with a changing doctrine in the Cold War of having a first strike capability that could not be detected weeks, days, or even hours in advance. Now, since that movie came out, You're thinking it all ended well. Since that movie came out, the uh, Russians actually do have submarines, and those submarines carry the equivalent of an underwater hypersonic missile, which goes so fast and so stealthily and carries multiple warheads on it that it could very easily be considered a first-strike weapon. And when seconds count and minutes really matter, there's no room for errors of judgment. There's no room for miscalculations. Now, obviously, the counter side to that question is, well, 
what does America have in its submarine arsenal? What kind of technology do we have? And do we also have first strike capability? I'd be surprised, frankly, if we didn't. But again, first strike, you're taking an enormous risk. And obviously the hope is that somebody like a Kim Jong-un, who really has nothing to lose, uh, would do something stupid at some point, against which we would have very, very little uh, defense. Anyway, uh, it is uh, 2.55 at News Radio 930 WBEN. And if you are just joining us, we're going to get into some other things after the news here at 3 o'clock. But uh, bottom line is the balloon we all saw shot down was a Chinese spy balloon, surveillance balloon. They are looking at all of its components right now, trying to figure out what it could do, how it operated, kind of inf- uh, intelligence it may have been able to gather, et cetera, et cetera. The other objects that have been shot down, like over Lake Huron, <clears throat> uh, those were, by all indications, innocuous, not spy balloons at all. And the altitude of approximately 20,000 feet of these things would be a pretty good indication that there's nothing uh, nefarious going on. But it was an update that I think the American people needed to have. It was an update the president needed to give. And as I've said, to me, the only uh, bad thing about the news conference was, well, actually it wasn't a news conference, it was a presidential statement, but at the end, it looked as though President Biden was going to answer some questions from reporters. But the reporters were so obnoxious and yelled out so loud and in such volume and with so many voices that the president just smiled and walked away. Looked like he wanted to answer some questions. Never really had the chance. Anyway, it is uh, 2.57 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Coming up, I'm going to get into something that I wanted to get into yesterday, and that involves the death penalty in the United States and where you are on the death penalty. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. 